Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this, another brand new episode of Glamour. Hey, it's okay. I'm Joe Elvin. I'm the editor-in-chief of Glamour. And today we have a fantastic amount of varied conversation topics. You know what it's like here. You never know what you're going to get. We're going to talk about muting your best friends on social media. Is it okay to actually pretend you've won an award, stand in front of the mirror and make an Oscar speech? I told you it was varied. And then we're going to get down and deep about womanhood. Is there a right and a wrong way to be a woman? Stay tuned. Glamour Features meetings are exactly like this, aren't they, Helen yeah. Whitaker? Hello. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. Hello, it's, I'm Joe Elvin. This is Hey, It's Okay, although today I'm going to rename it Hey Fever, It's Not Okay. <laughs> so if I sound weird, that's why. And as you know, I have here Entertainment Director Helen Whitaker. Hello. And actress extraordinaire and a little bit of a singer and musician I believe I I know her and love her from Fresh Meat everybody knows her from Call the Midwife and she's in a play at the moment it's Miss Charlotte Ritchie hello hi hi stand a little bit closer oh, Charlotte closer. make yeah. love to that Can microphone pull this down a bit yeah there we go and I just want to apologize now for the state of the pod cover which is in a particularly worse state than usual because it's Glamour Women of the Year Awards time as we record this and we are drowning in celebrity goodie bags. It is un- hard to not to look at all of them. I will bags. have to frisk you on the way out. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. No, I hate freebies. I really hate them. Look, I can I get you. I'll find you a shampoo, a stray cool. shampoo. Cool, no, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to the Lido later, aren't you? So you might need yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's actually always my mum and my sister and sister-in-law that really benefit from any goodie bags I have. I'm just saying I'm very philanthropic. I'm very charitable. So if you did give me any, uh, <laughs> I <laughs> love <laughs> the placement of, of that philanthropic <laughs> word. Oh, yeah, that really was Do you know, yeah. So why did you bring that up, Charlotte? Tell me. The PR machine is working inside my head. Because you're, you're in a play at the moment called The... The Philanthropist. Oh, yeah. Magic. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if that's more just a sort of indication of how much of the, t- of the time I'm thinking about that play as opposed yeah. to the fact that I'm a sophisticated promoter of the work that I do. Well, let's do some sophisticated promoting. It's a dark comedy. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank God for that because yeah. I haven't had a chance to see it. Yeah. No. But it, this bit, you're in it and I love you from Fresh Meat. Simon Bird's in it. I've seen the plot. It's sort of like a dystopian future where, yeah, it, yeah it's 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 probably good that you haven't seen it because then that means that I have to tell you what it is yes. and, in a succinct and appealing way which <laughs> it's basically a sort of it's a play set in 
early 1970s, so 1970-ish, and it was written in the late 60s, and it's set in a kind of slightly alternative future, but not in a kind of futuristic science fiction way. So it's sort of sent now, when when everything's fine and dandy in the world. Well, kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's basically, it doesn't directly reference any political situation, but it is... um, it is rooted in, in, in a collegiate college. So basically somewhere like Oxford or Cambridge, 24 hours in one student's room, a student called Philip, who's played by Simon Bird. And it's the, the events that unfold at a dinner party the night before and then the day after. And you have a very controversial character called Braham, who's played by Matt Berry, who was in Toast of London. Oh, I love Matt Berry. He's amazing. Yeah. And he kind of represents the very... Con- the, those people who thrive on being controversial. And he th- sort of messes up the dinner party and postulates about different political issues in a way that is really controversial don't you just hate those people yeah i mean it's probably funny in the context of that play but it's so exhausting when you know that somebody is just saying horrible things to wind everybody up like katie hopkins i guess right he's in my opinion a kind of male katie hopkins yeah he says if i wasn't controversial i wouldn't be rich and he's basically sort of saying that that's a little bit on the nose my god how how prophetic of whoever wrote this in the 60s it is is, (laughs) uh, unfortunately very prophetic yeah there's a lot of references to um, terror attacks and 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 things outside their bubble that are catastrophic but the string the thing the kind of theme of this play is that they exist in a bubble Mm. these things pass them by and they they just get on and they care more about their their own personal relationships than they do about the outside world and politics so it's really it's really interesting look at that now i'm slightly depressed by how au courant those themes are Mm, when mm. something written so long ago how am i supposed to feel when i leave the play well we i mean it it it's it's been a difficult one because uh it's (laughs) it it, we basically ended up simon callow came and gave a speech to the audience because it felt necessary to acknowledge the fact that when we're making references to these kind of events happening in a fictitious play with very, it takes a very wry kind of um, very dark look at the world. And we wanted to make sure the the, the audience felt comfortable to laugh in the context of everything that's happening at the moment. So it is, it is a kind of very, treads a very uncomfortable line, Mm. but it's a strange reflection on the fact that that is all happening as a weird coincidence. We're doing this play, but the play is not really about that. It just happens to reference that. And it ends up being much more about personal truths and people's own feelings about the world and their own relationships. So it it only sort of slightly and indirectly reference, references those things. And who do you play? What's your role? Uh, so I play Celia and I'm the, engaged to Philip, who's Simon Bird's character. And I'm a sort of confident, verbose, witty woman who doesn't really know. I mean, I say that very confidently. <laughs> I'm attempting to portray <laughs> this woman. And... Um, uh, yeah, I, she basically ends up kind of having to confront a lot about herself during the play. Mm. And she's very cynical and Philip is very honest and truthful. And it's about how they... Sorry, I clinked the microphone. <laughs> about they, it's ha- like how it's, they come it's up against It's real life. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Also, you, I'm so glad that on the microphone, God, how much I'm sweating. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's I think it's no. even, even thinking of all the plastic in here is making me even sweatier. No, no, no. I just think yeah. it's such a... Yeah, it's a strange thing to talk about this play, actually, at the moment. But um, but you're enjoying it. I am, I am. And there's so much in it. There's So much of it's so funny. Mm. This is the strange strange thing that it is predominantly it's really funny and there's so much in it that's as I say about personal relationships and and it's it's light-hearted in so many parts of it so it's it's such a strange I've never come across a play that is so full of different things I just can't really get my head around it audiences kind of come and 
some of them are baffled some of them really love it and it it's kind of a strange mix of all different themes I can't find it really hard to explain I mean I'm really excited to see it you're in at Simon Bird's in at Matt Berry three of my favorite Mm. current comedy stars so I kind of I've already decided yeah to love it oh good yeah, where, where where can we see it how long is it on for so it's on at the trafalgar studios which is just by trafalgar square and it's on till the 22nd of july and uh, everybody it's brilliant it's i love it i think it's i think it's an amazing play it was written by christopher hampton who was 21 two at the time and it's an amazing feat and 50 years later the fact that it has so many references to things that are happening now is quite uncanny and a bit strange but it's brilliant yeah, mm. I really like it. And and you're also doing Call the Midwife. I know that everybody will be excited to hear that. Can you yeah. what can you tell us? I can't tell you a single oh, thing. Man. <laughs> Get out of my cupboard. When yeah. it's when there's going to be Yeah, so it's going to be on on Christmas Day as as is our <laughs> as has been reserved for the last few years. Um so Christmas Day in the evening. Oh I man, I'm exactly going to be when. I'm going to have had enough wine to bowl my eyes out. <laughs> I can just tell already. Yeah. It is yeah, it definitely does make you weep <laughs> every single time. Is there any times where you just can't you think how am I going to get through this storyline? Yeah, oh yeah, there's been a lot of them. The thing is what's strange about filming a, a program like that when it's very serious a lot of the time is that it's quite easy to kind of be irreverent when you're filming because you have to somehow lift yourself out of these very serious scenes. So I end up probably probably laughing more filming Call the Midwife than I do any of the other comedies I've ever done. Because comedy ends up being quite serious. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to get it right. But when it's, something's dramatic and you're doing a scene that's so un, so sad and so unfortunate, then you do want to kind of offset it with a joke. When someone says cut, something usually happens. So, yeah, it's fun. Ah. Oh, I was looking. At, I thought you were going to ask a question about what we were called the midwives. <laughs> no, I was just thinking actually about what Charlotte said to us yeah. earlier when, because obviously she was in Fresh Meat, and we shot her for Glamour. Yes, whilst it was on with the rest of the cast. Yes, and um, they got drunk on the shoot. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd like to say you guys got us drunk, <laughs> and it really helped with your photographs. It was like it was a secret weapon. It was a party. No, listen, so. we had all been working since I think about five a.m., and it was probably about seven p.m., and we all just had one glass of champagne and were drunk. Sure, so you did. It says more about us. Than, uh, than anything else, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it, it, it's really hard to get a vibe going on shoots, so I just do try to get people drunk. Yeah, That's great. my secret. Yeah, yeah. It, it does work. It yeah, really does work. I'm, I'm really glad your publicist is here to see this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not advocating yeah. that. I'm just saying for some people it does work. Right, so Charlotte Ritchie, uh, what we tend to do is trap people, celebrities in the pod cupboard, make them speak to us and make them solve all our features uh, generated dilemmas and debates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you up to the challenge? Yeah, I'm. I can't promise I'll solve them, but... I'll, well, you have to, I'll otherwise have we, you never get out of here okay, again. I'll solve them, I'll solve yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's the law. Yeah. No, no, it's done. Pod cupboard rules. You better rules. watch out because I'm going to solve these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I want to know, is it okay, Charlotte Ritchie, Helen Whitaker, to mute people on social media who are in real life your actual good friends and people that you like? Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's that one. That was done. <laughs> Next. No. Oh, it's true, though, isn't it? It is unfortunately true. I, I actually got locked out of... Um, Facebook. Can I say Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you're allowed to say like I think, yeah. names. Of course you are. Yeah. Everyone knows what Facebook is. So I got locked out. Someone changed my password. I don't know how. And then I just couldn't get in. So all of a sudden, about a year and a half ago, I was just off Facebook. And I'd been on for about eight years. And I thought I would really miss it. And then I suddenly was just so, it was so nice. I, I, I basically, my biggest problem with seeing people that I love and know 
speaking on Facebook is that it feels like a different version of them that I don't really know in real life. Quite often, That's, yes. Yeah, it's, it's not really. It's not really, and also everyone's so specific about certain things that they post about that it's not their whole character. So you might end up being put off someone that you actually really like. That's let's, what I think. Let's yeah. be honest. It's politics that really brings it out, doesn't it? It's like there's yeah, a reason actually. that there's that rule about not discussing politics yeah. at dinner parties. And Facebook is the new dinner party arena where, please, I, you know, I think that, I don't know, I'll allow myself the odd mem of, is it mem or meme? Someone tell me th- for once and for all. I think it's meme. It's, it's meme. meme. I always say mem. God, man, I'm learning something every day. <laughs> growing, le- growing and learning. Growing and learning. I'm quite yeah. happy with the odd um, meme of mm-hmm. Melania Trump batting away Donald's hand. Don't. That's, that's, that makes me too depressed for words. I think I that's some good be. megalols. I'm yeah. into that. But I, you know, I complete. There are people who I love, who I'm sure who I don't have the same political views as. I don't want to have that argument on Facebook. And but I, would you have it? Where would you have it? Do you think you'd have it in person? I'd have a discussion, yeah, because yeah. I think in in real life, you know, I might learn something from that person. I think mm. that, um, you know, good food, bit of wine, actual facial expressions and body language, mm. and you know, being face to face and reminded of how much you like about someone in so many other arenas yeah. helps you to, I think, have usually a reasoned debate. But I'm, I'm even, you know, I'm not loving all the. I find it quite aggressive, um, the people even putting up, um, you know, whether it's they're voting Conservative or mm-hmm. Labour or Lib Dem, you know, even putting up the like little political um, icons as their yeah. avatars and things like that. I just feel like this is where I come when I just want to see my friends yeah. and have a laugh. It's a bit mm-hmm. of the equivalent of being cornered by some bloke in the pub and them droning on at you. Yeah. I feel like they're just telling you what you should think Mm. which that really gets my hackles up for a start there is yeah (laughs) um and secondly it's it's just them i don't know it's just i don't need you to keep telling me what you're going to do just go and do it i'm happy you're going to use your vote yeah but i don't need to hear about it all the time also the problem with that is i i'm really mixed with that because i think it's it is important to express how you feel about things and uh, it's hard to know where to do that anymore. And actually, you've been given That's a, a place point. like Facebook yeah. to, to tell somebody how you feel. Because when you go to vote, you just get one vote. And then you don't... It, it possibly might not go your way. And then you feel complete... So people feel like they need to express it. But the problem is that if you have it on somewhere like Facebook, alongside pictures of cats, it makes people's political views as important as pictures of cats. Which means that like we do discredit other people's views. Because you scroll down and like a Labrador is doing something funny. And then someone puts like a really important piece about... Theresa May and then you've got a goldfish blowing a bubble you can tell how long it's been since I've been on Facebook <laughs> but the, it all becomes the same thing so we're all really apathetic to it how as do, well how do you feel then about I mean you know if somebody it, it's when it's when I get into these sort of like black holes where people who don't know each other and only know each other through me mm-hmm. are having raging arguments on my oh, yeah. timeline I actually can't stand it and I've you know find myself sort of emailing one of them going I'm sorry I don't really know that person that well yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. I met them at a party once and it was polite to add them as a friend yeah, and, yeah. and I just feel I mean maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm just wet and a wuss I don't want to have those raging arguments on my page it doesn't really you know, feel no. also yeah. that, though that you could what's a, a bit of annoying about those 
those kind of things. And I go and I get sucked into Twitter every single morning. It usually starts with Piers Morgan's Twitter feed and then it tra- like spirals down well, into you know, all sorts of people. You follow him. I know. I don't. I don't. I just <laughs> Do go on it. It's a compulsion. It's yeah. like a sort of... Uh, I don't know why and I find myself in the morning like paralysed for about half an hour just going okay I'm reading this but you get sucked into these arguments and I then think this isn't real you just no one's really responding no one's listening to each other and it's just a sort of weird release of energy people feel like if they say something aggressive then they can feel better about yeah where they're at and nothing changes and I think when it comes to social media platforms I'm just so suspicious now of what's real and what's fake so it's all very well sticking up your news item about something evil some politician did but I I don't trust those mediums to be delivering genuine news Mm. in the same way that I do a newspaper no, and I and, and so I just feel like everybody's getting hysterical about things that might not even be true or half true, yeah, that's true. you know and I, uh, I, I mute well, mute mute one other thing I would say though about generally muting is that since I'm on fa- off Facebook this sounds very preachy but I don't really know what people are up to so when I see them I don't have that weird feeling of already knowing that they've been on holiday to da 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 and I have to ask them which is great and I have to ring some friends to ask them what they're up to rather than just know and then not having to just liking a photo, but not actually calling them. That, that, so that's this is my advert for, for getting off it. I think that, yeah. But is there somebody on Facebook who's pretending to be you? What, what's the deal? I don't know. I Google myself enough to know that there isn't. Right. <laughs> I was just wondering. I, I would feel like that That would feel like being locked out of my house, just not being able to access my oh, Facebook no, you, page. Oh, no. Oh, no. That page. No, I, I, I wrote to them, said, can you shut it down? They said, yeah, we'll lock it. Because <sighs> they don't know it's me, but they don't know it's them. So they just... Not I'm yet. all for this social experiment of phoning people up and finding out what they do rather than just looking at it online. It's really, I mean, I'm not that's, saying I do that either. That's, <laughs> rad- that's radical. <laughs> no, when your phone rings, no one, surely everyone screens now. Do yeah. you just, t- just don't, a phone call for me is the final frontier. That's, that's how you get through to me. So Text, uh, uh, I'm really bad at replying. And if you, so, so someone, someone picks up the phone, they must really like you. Because <laughs> exactly. they know yeah, it's that's you. That's interesting. <laughs> or it's serious. There's a lot of people you work with now are going to be really, really offended. She never picks up my calls. Someone else. Oh no, it's she the, always it's the unnamed call. numbers. Okay. Yeah, she's going red. I don't nice believe her. Nice save, yeah. <laughs> Hello listeners, podcast editor Kat here, and I'm delighted to say we're taking Hey It's OK to the London Podcast Festival. That's right, join Joe, James and a celebrity guest for a special live episode on Saturday, September 16th. You can get your tickets now at kingsplace.co.uk and clicking on the event calendar. See you there. You thought that was serious, talking about politics and Facebook. Yeah. Is it OK, Charlotte Ritchie, to mm. write an acceptance speech in your head for say maybe winning an imaginary award or have your desert island discs selection ready just in case or pretend you're on a chat show and telling your life story are you up for a bit of secret audience yeah sort of fa- I, don't, yeah. I don't know you know what I'm saying I don't, I don't, I don't know, know what saying. I'm saying no no yeah. no I totally and yes it is it is of course 100% okay I don't think I've ever done a speech I've never done a speech I've had imaginary arguments with people in my head where I'm zinger after zinger and yeah, taking them down of course down. of course but, um, how had, different is real life that? <laughs> i've had I'm, imaginary this is your life like sitting on oh, the chair and good. everybody i've ever known and yeah. so and so you know like there's the people you haven't seen for years and you're crying with happiness and then there's also i've always hated you <laughs> and i've always wanted to say to you so they do yeah. that on this is your life i don't know but they, i don't think they, I don't think that they do the revenge yeah. Yeah. it would be the highest rating this is your life it ever really let's would be honest be. They, that's yeah. in format they need to bring back where you <laughs> this 
this is your life in enemy enemy yeah. version and then all your enemies come back and tell this you this is your about. shady life oh yeah. god oh, no thank you <laughs> I, I think i think it's i think it's a, of course i mean I, I think this, so sometimes if I've got to go along to an award ceremony and I've watched people do speeches, I, I feel like they must have, as soon as they found out, just had a little sketch of what they might write. Because first you'd, of all, well, you want to be prepared. I think you? if you've nominated, you'd be really stupid not to do that. Okay, all right, that's I, a good point. What I'm but talking about like day is, to day, yeah, yeah, hairbrush held like an Oscar in the mirror, yeah. fake crying. Yeah. Have you done that? I've actually not done that physically but in my head walking down the street i think i've i think i've filed through different people's speeches and wondered what's the optimum speech yeah not in anticipation of winning an award of course don't be modest if, you, you know no, no, but listen I, mean, I want to win awards for glamour magazine i want us mm. to win magazine of the year you might, of course you want to one day win an actress of the year of course the, you do. If there was a, a general award of like worldwide actress of the year, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. win that one. Best one ever. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's just because you can analyse. I don't know whether you're supposed to cry a bit. I don't know who you'd thank. I'd get very flustered about naming people. That's my worry. Well, obviously you've got mum and dad, family, friends. But then do you want specific friends? Do I ask? Do I thank my first drama teacher? And then that makes me so stressed that I end up forgetting about the speech and this, I go and do something else. This is like my if I won the lottery thing where I literally yeah. think about who I would and wouldn't share money with yeah. and how much I'd tell them I'd won. Yeah. So I think my husband and I have that conversation where you'd need to win at least five million before you even told your family. Because mm. if it was like a million and you had yeah. to give them tons of money, then there would be none left. Yeah. <laughs> I've literally thought about that. I think it would yeah. be a weird moral dilemma. Actually, <laughs> it would probably be too stressful because how could yeah. you not just give it away? You, you'd be, you'd enjoy your yacht, but not as much as if someone had forced you to have a yacht. If you'd chosen to just have it, then you'd always feel a bit guilty that you didn't do something. Like my sister would be there waving from the shore, being like, "I'll kill you when you get back for not giving me that money." <laughs> what would your desert island desks be, Charlotte? Oh, thank you for asking. <laughs> I, uh, I actually don't. I, they're quite a long one, but they would definitely involve. I've got my brother's a musician. I would choose one of his songs it's called "Song to Sundays," which I love. It's about hangovers. Lovely. It's really beautiful. Uh, probably choose a Paul Simon song. Uh, but then it gets a bit murky. I've probably got about 15 choices and I'm not going to waste everybody's time by going through them. Um, but I, I, I think I'd, I'd love to be able to go on and do my desk. See, I'm glad One you day. said you've prepared that as well, though, because I always feel bad when I'm interviewing famous people and I sort of throw out there, oh, what's your favourite TV show, films, mm. music, books? And I always sit there and think... I don't know what I'd say if someone yeah. put me on the spot like this. Yeah. Because well, you, what book defines me as a person? Yeah. What song doesn't make me sound like Harry too and cool? Or, exactly. But the fact <laughs> no, that you've really thought about it, that actually I'm going to carry on asking people that now but, without and, any guilt at all. But why is there... I don't think there should be really any shame, particularly in your profession. Maybe mm. I'm never going to win an Oscar, so yeah. that would be a bit weird if I'm spending a lot of time practising that speech. But I think that it, it's just a sign of aspiration yeah it's, it's ambitious it's, it's a goal sure. yeah I do think it's probably a good idea really just generally organizationally just yeah. in case but I all, I think it's more fun if you're not in that profession because it's nice oh I'm gonna get really I've never thought about this but it might be nice to think about what you would win if you were <laughs> this is ridiculous like a school exercise what would you win if you weren't an actor but you have a good life but actually if you um who you would thank for the things that you have and all that stuff is quite a nice true thing to think about I've never really thought about it like that because basically most people are where they are because of other people and things that they've got in their life yeah and uh, obviously working hard. But I just think that's quite a nice exercise anyway. So if anyone's listening to the podcast, <laughs> I think 
I had I hadn't actually thought about that when we started this conversation, but <laughs> no. I think that's actually a really good idea. I think it's because your brain basically. immediately went to how you would tell people who've wronged you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how you would lord it over them if you want to. It's not. No, I no, I, no, no, no. That's different to this is your life. Yeah, yeah. I, I have won prizes and had to give speeches, and I didn't use it to get up and go. And yeah, I just oh, want to. There is definitely yeah. an argument to be had for when you finally get that platform, just really giving it to all the people that gave you a bad time. No. No, yes. no, no, I wouldn't do that. I but I think This Is Your Life is really funny because then you just think about everybody in your yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, and I mean, the things you've overcome. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, I've never, I genuinely haven't, I know it's like a thing, but I, I don't think, I don't think people really do do it as in actually get their hairbrush and pretend it's an Oscar. But maybe they do, and good, bloody good for them. I'm sure that some <laughs> act, actors do. and actresses have said that they've done that, because I think it, it's just that, it's not that, oh, I want that award. Mm. It, it's that that's, that is, represents so much about achievement, doesn't it? That's the thing. I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I find those things a bit odd, actually, awards and things. Yeah. Because I, I, mean, this is, I can say this very com- <laughs> comfortably from the place of never having won one, <laughs> but I feel like generally awards... Uh, they're really great and they're good for kind of boosting the industry and having a lovely time and advertising the films that people are in. And, and also they're a testament to people's talent, that's for sure. But also all the people that don't win are still incredible or like it's kind of a strange thing yeah. to award someone that's it's quite a subjective thing, isn't it? Glamour is up for some awards uh, later this month and I'm already practising what was coined in Friends as my greatest loser face. I've got that one down. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. Yeah. I remember seeing once Sarah Silverman lost an award she didn't win and the camera went to all the people who were runners up and she had really subtly just put a little moustache on her face and was really seriously clapping. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Might get some glasses or something. I might do that. Mm. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I might start talking and never stop on this one. Okay. Is it okay to hate health food and hate the health food craze? I'm saying yes. Bugger off. Take your chia seeds and please leave. 
<laughs> I think <laughs> pick them all up from the floor, every yeah. single one. Yeah. I think it is okay to I'm gonna split it in half. I think it's okay to hate the health food craze, but it's okay to like health food. Just, oh, that's annoying, isn't know. it? I've just you know, I suppose I'm I'm just feeling a bit grumpy about how complicated yeah. the whole thing has become. Yeah. And you know, when you sit down in a cafe and you realise accidentally that it's um, you know, all the chocolate is actually dates, and mm. <laughs> I just, I, I really, I, I'm done. I'm really it, done. It is. All- it doesn't have to be this complicated or mm. oh, this expensive. Let's talk yeah, about that I, as well. That's a big thing. This is the slight. I mean, I don't know enough about it, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit my ignorance now because there will be people that go, no, actually, you can eat really healthily cheaply. But when I go to buy chia seeds or whatever powder, I look and it's like five pounds for a bag, and I'm thinking, how? How does everybody get to, how can everybody just buy n- nice healthy food? And, and putting, putting that aside for a minute, it, most of it's really yucky. Why isn't anybody saying it's just horrible? <laughs> I, don't, I guess it depends on, I, I, re, I, I think the thing that I find difficult is not so much, I'm sure if I cracked it, if I was like, oh, I can find healthy um, and and cheap and delicious food, then I'd be fine and it'd be awesome. But is that just but I, not fruit and veg? I feel the, like it's gone into. This is what I'm saying, Helen Whitaker. It's turned into like a, cult where if you don't yes. have the chia seeds and the quinoa then you're not a healthy and you person. haven't and you haven't been spending your sunday making um sweet potato smash or something yeah. to freeze and Delicious what the hell but, well, yeah. I, I think it's a weird yeah it's stressful but the problem for me with it more than anything else is is like firstly the massive industry that's boomed yes, making money from it because it feels sometimes like a little bit you're taking it basically I find it quite anxiety-inducing, which is absurd because it's not necessarily an important thing, but I'm, maybe other people feel this way. But when you look at a meal or you look at a menu and you start having the thoughts that someone said, don't eat sugar, don't eat yeah. dairy, don't yeah. eat meat, don't, then I'm like, what, what can I eat? And then I know so many people who it's really had a negative effect on their life and it's become an obsession because it's really hard to get your head around what you're supposed to be eating. Well, uh, you know, and, and as, then, as a mother, I'm, I'm really, I'm not, happy with you know my 11 year old daughter coming home from school who's she's a fussy eater anyway and then she won't eat pasta because some friend of hers mum told her that pasta is really bad and you know I, I'm 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 done yeah. I'm done with it it's the good and bad foods thing when really yeah, no, can't, can't so we just complex. put some peas on the plate and that that <laughs> yeah. helps and we all feel a bit better because yeah. we've had some veg you know even any food in the wrong quantities any food you're obsessive about mm. is bad for you yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. And I, we've got a feature coming out. There's a, an Instagram account that I urge you to have a look at called Shannon's Kitchen Australia. And she's, you know, maybe I like her because she's a blunt talking Aussie mm-hmm. like myself. But she's also a registered nurse. So she knows a lot about what she's talking about mm-hmm. in terms of nutrition. And she's a little bit like, can you just eat some vegetables and a bit of meat yeah. and, sh- and shut up? And that's, I, and that's what I love about her. Mm, oh, it, I just, it just makes me stress thinking about it, which it shouldn't because it's food. It's literally what you have you have to have to survive so the fact that it's become this obsessive thing is really has really sort of worrying my, my friend I'm going to do a little shout out too actually my friend Daniela Isaacs and my friend Rosie Bannum they're making a show going up to Edinburgh that's called Hear Me Raw which is about Daniela's experiences of um, working in the health food industry and how it had effects on her body and how her relationship with food I think it's quite a, an that interesting thing fascinating it's, it's and, and exactly a huge part of my problem with the whole thing that's the what i think it's just yeah. regulating people's expect i don't know i'm not an expert about it obviously clearly so what about you uh, you've got the most shiny hair i've ever seen oh uh, you've got you. the clearest skin i've ever seen the brightest eyes you're obviously doing something right that's very... How, what's your philosophy for 
Uh, well, um, so <laughs> or is it just goddamn youth, Charlotte no, Ritchie? <laughs> no. Well, I, I, I do spend. I think I spend a fair amount of time getting ready. I try not to. This is another thing I find like a very different, ba- difficult balance between like, should I just love? Should I just get out and go out and not put any makeup on or worry about washing my hair and just be free? But then also I just sort of stop at the door and then I go back and straighten my hair and I put pr- products in it and I always wear makeup and uh, it's quite difficult to kind of get the balance about. Um, but basically, what I should do is just take your compliments and say thank you very much. Well, <laughs> I didn't, you know, I, that I guess, option one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you came in, you were eating um, some yummy looking porridge. But mm. do, you, do you worry about, d- does nutrition sort of like guide everything that it you do? It doesn't guide everything, but I'm, yeah. I'm really aware of it now. Yeah. Like in, in a way that um, it doesn't necessarily manifest itself in any kind of behavior because I end up just freaking out about it so much. But I'm attempting to be vegetarian for various kind of environmental I know. Well, I was just going to go and uh, suggest we go and have a cleansing burger. But I, I'm with but you I just, on the I, environmental thing. It's, there's so much yeah. to, to <laughs> digest. Oh, mm. me. <laughs> there's so much to take in. I think a big, a big part of everything is just being conscious of your decisions and why you're making them yeah I feel like one if you make an informed decision then at least that's something if I I, if I buy something to eat I at least I know why I'm buying it rather than kind of just buying something because it was advertised to me and I just didn't really think about it and I bought it and I guess thinking about the repercussions of things that seems to be the kind of thought of the day for the the world now is just thinking a little bit more about your your impression on the world and your repercussions of what your actions are mm. rather than just being a blind consumer who just buys stuff without thinking about where it might. I guess that's, mm. <laughs> and that, I guess, I guess that's it. <laughs> like a little pithy write off as if that solves everybody's problem. I guess that's just me. Yeah. I guess, you know, it's, I, I completely agree with um, trying to minimize your carbon footprint and, and all of those things. But I guess I, I just, it's a plea for me to, for everybody to stop thinking that, Bread is the enemy, mm. or you know, I mean, and, and and that kind of thinking. Do you know what I mean, Helen? Definitely. Mm. I just think now it seems like it's such a. I don't know. There's, there's the food of the moment that that's the thing that you have to eat, whether that is the chia seeds or the quinoa or whatever it is. And actually, you know, the old-fashioned stuff still fine, but mm-hmm. it's it's not the enemy against you. You can still have a potato. Yeah. Yeah. Shepherd's pie and bread. God, yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Maybe maybe a vegan one. Yeah, sure. I know a good recipe. I'll give it to you. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for being here, Charlotte Ritchie, thank today. You for me. Uh, go and see Charlotte's play, The Philanthropist, on at Trafalgar Theatre until the 22nd of July. I will be there. I cannot wait. Yeah, please come. And thank you, Helen Whitaker. Thank you. Can you just get back to work now, please? I know. Sorry. Back to my desk. <laughs> and Kat Brown, thank you very much for producing, as ever. And uh, yes, this has been Glamour Hates OK, and we will see you next Tuesday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.